This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is Dumb Money Live with Chris Camillo, Dave Hansen, and Jordan McLean. Streaming live on YouTube. We are Dumb Money. Good morning. Welcome to Dumb Money Live. I'm Dave Hansen, joined with Chris. Uh, Jordan is going to be joining us soon. And look who just popped on. Hey, Graham, what's up, dude? Hey, how's it going? Good. Glad you could join us. We are, we're all doing this this special broadcast. We, we normally don't do a live broadcast on Tuesday, but we have to talk about Robinhood. It's a company that Chris, Jordan, and I are all investors in, not as users of the company, but we're actual investors in the Series A shares of Robinhood Markets, Inc. That's the parent company of this brokerage that has kind of changed the rules, offering free trading, quickly being copied by all the other brokers out there with free trading on Schwab and E-Trade and TD. And so all of these millennial users, 10 million active accounts yesterday, the day that the Dow Jones jumped nearly 1,300 points, the biggest one-day gain ever on the Monday following the worst week in stock market history, at least since uh, 2008 in the financial crisis then, all eyes on the stock market. Robinhood has this system-wide outage preventing their customers from trading at all. And after fixing the problem overnight, they had another system-wide outage this morning. So today we're going to talk about some advice we have on how you can protect yourself from this happening again, whether you're a Robinhood investor or have a brokerage. This could happen to anyone. We're going to talk about what happened. We're going to talk about you know how something like this could even happen, where the customer's money is, is everything safe, what happened to their stocks, what happened to their expiring options, and how social media reacted to this, all of that good stuff. So let's let's start there. Graham, I know you're kind of more of a buy and hold type guy, which right. this probably wasn't something that you were needing to log in and, and sell all your stocks. What does this do for you? What do you think about Robinhood now? I mean, my biggest thing when it comes to this is that I feel like this is, if this could happen to Robinhood, it almost makes me think that this could happen to any brokerage out there. I know it happened briefly. I think it was, uh, was it Vanguard went down briefly. It was for a few minutes on February. I believe it was February 28th. For a few minutes, they went down. But I think it's important for anyone out there not to have too many of their eggs in one basket. And I think this incident happening to Robinhood could honestly happen to any app out there. And it just so happened that I think Robinhood just really was the most popular. And it would, it just happened to be at the worst possible time. It was really the perfect, you know, perfect storm for Robinhood, like on all days. But then again, you know, I'm sure they had a lot of high volume that day. What exactly happened? Because yeah, I was everybody had high volume, though. So CNBC yeah. was reporting that uh, both Fidelity and Schwab had experienced uh, some issues last week during the big crash. Um, so this this happens during high volume. It's 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 not just Robinhood, but having a system wide outage where you can't trade the entire day that is fairly unique. And um, I I can't think of a time in history when when the entire day has been yeah. offline. And so Chris, Chris, your advice here was, and, and Graham too, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. You have to have a secondary brokerage account. Even if, even if you're with one of the 
legacy, bigger, maybe not bigger now, but legacy, you know, more tested brokers, they could have problems too. And you can actually hedge your, if you needed to make a trade, you can actually hedge that by having a second account and making a short position in something that you're long in your other account. Yeah, Dave, you, you know my situation the past week. I've had, you know, mid seven figure short positions on the market every day. I've had uh, mid six figure option positions I've been getting in and out of every day. I would have had an actual heart attack yesterday if I was with Robinhood. I don't know what I would have done because, you know, I had options expiring yesterday. I buy the Monday expiration uh, spy options to protect my portfolio over the weekend. And I just I can't even comprehend. I don't know if there's anyone in my shoes that was with Robinhood or how that would have unfolded. Um, but I could tell you this for sure. I'm with Ameritrade. I have just slightly more trust in Ameritrade than I would any other broker. Um, it could absolutely happen there as well. Um, moving, I do have multiple brokers, but they're not fully funded. I, from this point on, starting this moment, I will fund my secondary broker brokerage account with at least enough money so that I can trade some sort of levered uh, derivative to have the same impact I would have had. Like if I have a portfolio of $5 million and for any reason, it's the end of the world, I want to sell out because a nuclear bomb hits, who knows, something crazy happens, right? Listen, that's not going to happen most likely, but I want to have optionality. I want the ability to trade in and out of a position. And the only way you can do that in this type of situation is to have a secondary brokerage account with some funding in them uh, so that you can actually make a lever trade in that account uh, to basically account for what you would have done in your primary account. Now, I know it's a little sophisticated for most investors, but there's a lot of us out there. There's a ton of people like me out there that are active traders, a little more active and want to have that optionality, although we do not recommend trading in and out of these markets for 99% of investors. Not at all. I want to at least have the optionality, right? In, in that one in a hundred year event where the whole world is making a move in their brokerage account and I can't because my particular brokerage is frozen that day, I don't want that ever to be me. And I realize now more than that could be me. It could be anyone. Um, so we need to plan for that. And I, I, first of all, like that you're wearing the uh, Robin Hood shirt today. That's a that's Perfect. a nice touch. Uh, I saw on Twitter you were uh, wearing that yesterday, walking around town, getting uh, nasty looks from people. Yes, I was actually afraid for my life at one point. No, for legit. I mean, I couldn't believe how horrific the looks I was getting uh, from people all around town. That must have probably some of them Robin Hood investors. Listen, let's just talk about as investors, Dave. How worried we are. I, they've, they've been able to come through everything. Everything that we're worried about, somehow they magically come out. I don't know how they come out on top of this, but I hope I, I can't, I can't it. imagine it. I, and I do want to bring Jordan in. He's he's uh, online now, too. He was uh, running late because he, he was meeting with startup companies. Um, but Robin, you're right. Robinhood has had problems in the past. They uh, tried to launch their high-interest savings account program. They forgot to ask the SPIC if that was okay, and they were saying it was going to be insured. That they, they, they built a, a, a waiting list for that of nearly a million people. Uh, to me, that was great marketing. They were able to drive demand for a product that didn't exist. And um, yeah, they got a little slap on the wrist. But but they also had the uh, the, the technical issues. Um, you know, there, there was a time that I know that they've had a technical issue. They've had uh, a problem with uh, <clears throat> user passwords being stored in an unencrypted format. They've they've also had that uh, the, that the margin account loophole where you could have unlimited investing funds. 
They always come out I know. on top. They always come out on top. And Vlad, if you're listening, I don't know how you're going to pull this off, but if this is your opportunity to make good on this. With customers, how much you care. Us investors in Robinhood, we're counting on you to figure out how to make good on this. You always have in the past. I hope you figure out again. Robinhood is a superior interface. 10 million people love it. I hope it continues to be the success it always has been. But you're in a tough spot. I hope I hope he figures it out. So far, I've heard really bad things about what they're doing. Basically, they came out with an apology email and then something about some free service, something for a year that ends up being they're about going to give you their gold value. service for a year. So it's it's yeah. like a fifteen dollar value. And you know, the tweet that I saw immediately was um, so, something like, "Oh, thank you. They they stepped up and they they took took care of it." I, I couldn't tell if that was sarcastic. There was, was a sarcastic face. But, but Graham, do you? Because yeah. Graham's the only one out of the four of us that's actually on Robinhood. Does this long term? Are you, you still okay? Like, are you still going to be a loyal? Are you trade on Robinhood, right, Graham? Is this how does it, I do. How are you thinking about this? Yeah, I mean, I trade on everything. So, in Robinhood's defense, I have Robinhood, Weeble, Acorns, M15, like everything. I use it myself personally because I want to be able to speak about it, at, you know, firsthand. Um, it does not instill confidence, to be honest, in Robinhood. And I think Robinhood has a lot that they're doing right, and I think their marketing is incredible. I think the interface is incredible. I I see Robinhood as almost like the iPhone or the Apple of stock trading just because of how simple the design is, how easy and intuitive it is to use, and it's non-threatening. So it gets a lot of people on the platform wanting to use it casually. But I think the issue is that for people who have their entire life savings on Robinhood, they have you know, $200,000, $300,000 or more that they're, that they're trading with, something like this could be absolutely devastating. And I don't know if I were someone who, who made like a risky bet, like I've seen some of these people on Wall Street bets do these spy puts, and now their, their accounts are down hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, that is potentially very big on Robinhood. I don't know how they would rectify that or with people who would, you know, would have potentially made money that day. I, I can't see it. And I know there was, there was talk about a class action lawsuit. I, I can't see that happening either because the amount of time that would take, the amount of money it would take, the lawyers would make money on that one. I, I don't think they would see that back. Uh, so yeah, that's the problem. I mean, you know, you could – Look, you could you could look back in time and think of any situation where you could have made a ton of money and then give that back to Robin Hood. Now, are they responsible for all this um, unearned money? No, but is this like flying the airplane, the, the airline that had a crash last month, and now you think they're the best airline to crash because they're going to be so on it to make sure it doesn't happen again in the near future? Do you think Robin Hood after this is going to triple down on their you know redundant systems to be to kind of level up against the competition for the next five years is that a, maybe a scenario that comes out of this God. maybe but have they ever tripled down on anything they they continue to have problems and, and as investors it kind of freaks me out that i would agree with i would say if this were a one-time thing then sure but i agree with the whole the cash management account the infinite money loophole and then this all happening now but also i also think that for them, they have to almost have the first mover advantage. They have to be the first to market because that's the way they gain a lot of these customers up front. And then once people are on the platform, I think they're, they're going to be relatively easy to keep as long as they make them happy. Uh, but having these issues all happen within you know a year is a little bit alarming. And uh, and the, the customer service is something I definitely think can be improved on their end. Well, and that's something we talked about when we were talking about what is the ideal broker. There, there isn't an, an ideal broker. 
But other brokers do have someone you can talk to on the phone. You could actually place a trade on the phone. Robinhood simply doesn't have that capacity. Although both Chris and I yesterday were trying to wire money from different brokerages, uh, Chris from TD and me from Schwab, and each of our wires got held up, which is not common. Usually my wires go straight through. Um, it makes sense though, I'm, I was on a Wi-Fi hotel connection in Mexico, so I'm glad they actually held me up. But I was on the phone for 15 minutes just to get those funds released. And I think, Chris, how long were you on? Dave, I was on hold last night for two hours with Ameritrade, and ultimately after two hours got disconnected. Um, it was, you know, Lynn was on the phone, I think for four and a half hours this weekend with Ameritrade and ultimately never was able to get someone on the phone. So this is, I, you know, I'm really frustrated. It just shows the brokerage industry is not really prepared for a black swan or an anomaly event. And I think that's what I'm taking away from this is, you know, I always kind of had that concern, but more than ever now, I'm like, wow, I really can't count on any broker to be there in a true black swan event. And as someone that trades levered derivatives like I do with short expirations, that really concerns me and I need to start having redundant you know, systems in the way I trade to ensure that I don't get put in this situation in the future because they do have bylaws in their agreements that basically state that they are not accountable and cannot be anything for this sort of or thing. Anything. Exactly. But here's the and problem, Chris. Like, let's say that you have a backup trading account. Those options are still going to be in Robinhood or in TD or something like that. So even though you could trade... You're not going to be able to exercise those options. No, but you could do counter trades to protect yourself in those situations yeah. if you have a funded broker, a secondary broker. And you do want to make sure that if, if you are in this situation and you do have a secondary broker that you have access to the amount of money that you're going to need and the types of features. You're going to need most likely a higher level options account that gives you the ability to write uncovered calls or, you know, be naked in a in a position, which is a higher level of risk. But if you're if you're if you're educated about what you're doing, and I you know this is not financial advice at all. This is purely you know how I would set up my account. Um, I would need to make sure that I could cover any position that I had in one account in the other account. Hey, I have a question for Graham. Uh, so half point interest rate cut today. Uh, Fed cut rate. And I, I, I'm curious what that means for Robinhood's cash accounts and a lot of these other cash accounts, mm -hmm. right? I caught this minutes, literally minutes before it updated on my phone, it updated on the website. They reduced the interest rate from 1.8 to 1.3 within minutes. They acted faster than any other brokerage. Like Ally Bank usually takes, you know, a few days to a week. Uh, PNC Bank usually takes a few weeks. Uh, you know, Wealthfront usually takes a few days. Uh, Robinhood was minutes as soon as the well, is record, which is they're on top of one thing, and that's making sure you don't get paid any extra interest. Right. So as, as an investor in Robinhood, this is a negative for us guys because it, it just as rates start to drop to like one percent on it, just it gets to a point where it's not really interesting for most people. Um, and I think it, it gets tougher for them uh, to really to build in any spread. As a Robinhood investor, there's also a positive side, though. Uh, we've been talking about a potential acquisition of Robinhood for a while. I think uh, something is potentially likely within 24 months if it's going to happen. And with interest rates now dipping to below, I mean, it's insane. 
the borrowing rates have never been cheaper for one of the five or six suitors of Robinhood to now lever up to, to, to you know, borrowing money at one and a quarter, one and a half, or whatever they have to borrow money at to make this acquisition to pick up a Robinhood on the cheap. I think the, 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 one of the big things that we're going to see this next year out of these ridiculously low Fed fund rates is an uptick in acquisitions. It's, it's financial engineering. We've been studying this for seven or eight years. Um, a lot of our trades were based on this in the past. And I think we're going to see a huge uptick as the big boys are able to deeper lever themselves with next to no interest rate money uh, to make acquisitions uh, on companies and financially engineer earnings, which has been happening for a long time. And we're going to see that escalate over the next one to two years with these new rates in place. Yeah. Any thoughts on that, Graham? Yeah, it's, it's free money. I mean, that's the way I see it. Uh, even on a 30-year mortgage just the other day, uh, 2.7% fixed. <laughs> For 30 years, 2.7 on a 30 year. I never thought I would ever see something like that. So when you account for tax write-offs and inflation, you're actually getting paid to take on a loan. Like I, to me, this is just completely uncharted territory. Like I don't even know what the, what this would mean for the overall market. I just know it's like, hey, for real estate at least, it's it's free. It's free. So. Yeah, for well, well, for big corporate acquirers, it's free money for them as well. And if you have a company that is producing even something as small as a four or five percent return on investment, and you could borrow money at one and a half or one point seven, you can acquire all those companies and produce positive financial engineering in your earnings results and essentially manufacture earnings. And I think we're going to see a lot of that the next twelve to twenty-four months. And not that Robinhood's a particularly profitable company, um, but for someone that wants to pick up a Robinhood now, it's just become that much easier for a ten-plus billion-dollar acquisition. So I think that's a good thing for us guys. If anything came, if anything's good out of today, that as Robinhood investors, we have a seven-figure combined investment in Robinhood that we made, um, you know, a while back. Uh, that would be it. I'm tr I'm trying to be positive here. <laughs> for us absolutely and, and i will i will remind people that uh, while we are investors we are not involved in the management of the company we don't have any information from the company other than what they've stated publicly we're just equity investors in the secondary private market we're rooting for them to succeed uh we feel, feel terrible for the investors who couldn't access their money yesterday and for the employees who are dealing with this, we, we've been through this we've run software companies jordan has been our cfo uh in the past what are they going through at Robinhood right now? What, what is... So, sorry, I have to get going, but yeah. I really appreciate you guys having me on. And, you know, even though I'm not an investor by any means, like, you know, I use the app myself. I'm, I follow it very closely. So I really appreciate you having me on. And letting we really me appreciate you. You, you stuck around longer than we, we knew you had a very limited time window. And thank you for staying thank around. Thank you. Around. Twice. Yes, we, 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 we're get. we appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, See buddy. You. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Bye. <clears throat> yeah, so... When I look at this, I think my biggest concern <clears throat> isn't that they had an outage or that um, there was a problem. Problems are going to pop up. We've got computers. Things fail. Um, you can't really plan for every specific scenario. But what concerns me is how long things have been down, right? And so when you go into like, you know, a full trading day of not being able to access your money as an investor, it's a huge, huge problem. And they can't you know, if they're gonna if they're gonna continue to do business, they can't behave like that. They've got to figure out how do they recover faster when something goes poorly. Yeah, yeah. And hey guys, sorry about that. I'm I'm back now. I, I think uh, my internet blew up at the same time that uh, that Graham did. 
Yeah, and to be fair, you know, all of our problems would always, at our old software company, whenever we had an outage, it was always like Friday, you know, right? right. The, the, finally, when Jordan was supposed to get a break from the week, and then he'd be sweating in there. But he, to be fair, it was always back up in a matter of hours. We've never had, I mean, Jordan, how does something like this happen that is so big that they can't get it back up even within a day? I mean, was this an update that they made? I heard that they made some update, like, the, the night before, have you heard anything about that? I, I didn't hear anything about that, but if it was an update, um, <clears throat> really, I mean, it's, you know, these companies should have DevOps teams that they know, hey, an update's coming out on Sunday. Monday morning could be a disaster. We need to have a plan in place to be able to roll back whatever the update was to get us operating at a base level if things don't go as planned. I mean, this is it's unacceptable that they didn't have some plan in place to get things back up and running. Um, yeah, that's basic engineering 101. It would be a big day with the market down as much as it was down. You knew Monday was going to be – I'm not saying that we knew that it was going to go up 1,200 points for the Dow, but we knew that there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on the stock market, right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey I'd like to ask a question. I haven't even looked at comments. I'm pulling them up, but I would love to know from anyone viewing right now Robinhood account, canceling your Robinhood account? Or are you keeping your Robinhood account? I, I've really been trying to figure that out on, on Twitter, just reading through tweets. Um, I would love to uh, see, can anyone comment? Do you have a Robinhood account? If so, are you are you like switching right now to a TD or some, a Weeble? Or are you staying with them? Looking through. And by the way, the market guys is starting to tank again. It's down 550. Are you guys protected at all? Or are you just just? I am protected. I, I uh, had my spy puts that uh, were at a uh, out of the money price that got more out of the money. So I rolled those down. Um, I'm in one. What is it? The three o fives now. You're in three tens, I think. Okay. I'm in. I'm in the three o fives. Yeah, I don't like. I, I honestly, you know how confident I've been throughout the last week of, of some, you know, my positions and. I'm actually at a point right now, but you know, for those of y'all watching, um, it, this has been one of the best, I hate saying this, I feel guilty saying this when all everyone else is losing all this money, it's usually me losing money with everyone else. Um, I did get ahead of this and I, I call it a little bit of luck and a little bit of ridiculous preparation, but I, I've had one of the best trading weeks in my <clears throat> year trading career last week. Um, my account was actually up, I don't even wanna talk about it, it's up so much it's, I'm embarrassed to say. Um, and I, I now, Going into today, I'm really clueless. I don't know what to do at this point. I, like, I, I don't know. I kind of put on a hedge on my account that uh, I bought some SPY puts that expired March 20th that will protect about 70% of my equity account. Um, but I'm no longer speculating in this market because it's just too unstable. And I really don't know how the market's going to react day in and day out. I just want to have some protection. And listen, I'm not going to do any like Dave, Jordan, you know, I've been pretty adamant every day. Like, I'm gonna. I really feel the market's gonna drop, and it has most of these days. Um, but at this point, and, and you've been you've been really good about being. You, you were proactive in this, and you were aggressive. You actually made money when the market was going down, and um, I, I the whole time have been more reactionary and just trying to hedge my portfolio to make sure that I didn't lose twelve percent of my net worth. Um, so I. My my portfolio is down, but it is it would have been way worse had uh, had I not, you know, been somewhat 
reactionary and uh, protected my portfolio using uh, options. And, and, and your portfolio will eventually come back up. It's just a matter of, yeah. you know, just a matter of when, right? Yeah. I, could, I could have. And early on, the, the, the first week, the week that I actually lost the most money was me just thinking, you know, this will come back. It's short term. I don't know if it's going to be a day, a week, a month, a year, <laughs> but it will come back. So I'm not going to do anything. And it was the second week where I was like, well, I might as well buy a little bit of insurance. And and that insurance is, is you know, kind of a sunk cost, kind of like car insurance. It is, um, but it's something that if you need it, it's there and it protects your, your portfolio from going down too far. So that I'm, I'm glad that I did that for the second week. And I'm, I'm just kind of holding on to that, not trying to make money, but trying to just not lose money, make money on the upside and um, be basically even if it goes down more than 3% again. Yeah. 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 I, I, I think, I think that's, a, I think that's a pretty rational way to, to kind of think about this. Jordan, how about you? Cause I know, I know you kind of got in with us on puts this weekend. Didn't work out that well, but what's your, are you just going to stick with your equity going forward and not try to insure anymore and just say like, Hey, it's going to come back eventually or what's your position? Um, yeah. So I was pretty busy this morning, so I didn't actually get to, to pick up any puts. Um, I'll probably be looking for something a little bit longer term. Um, I think most of the information has been digested by this point, right? And so now it's just what's going to happen over the next week, two weeks, three weeks, um, as this thing um, continues to unfold. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I want a little bit of protection. Nothing crazy. Um, not trying to hit a home run here. Yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm no longer trying to make money on the downside move. I'm really just looking to you know, mostly hedge my equity portfolio, not fully, but mostly. And, I, and there's a limited time window. It's too expensive to do that forever. Yeah. Like, like I hope whatever the market does, it does it in the next three weeks and gets it over with. Well, I have the problem is I don't think the thing's going to be done in three weeks. Right. And yeah. I don't see really any, any indication that that's going to be the case. Oh, you, you don't. Well, I'm not saying it's going to be done in three weeks, but I think within three weeks, we'll kind of have a much better idea of where we're headed and the market being forward looking yeah. um, will, 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 will chart its course, right? Either correct much lower or kind of say, hey, we can live with what this thing is doing to us um, and, you know, and, and, and we'll, be, we'll be okay and start to move higher or stabilize. So it looks like some people in the comments are saying that they are leaving Robinhood. Uh, some people are staying, but they're also opening a Webull and a Trade Station account. Um, this person, you know, Yak lost 10K in two days on Robinhood. Uh, oh, some it's like my smaller second account. E Trade's my primary. Will not rely on Robinhood. So I, I honestly, I think a lot of that our our viewers today kind of have a similar thought to us. Do not have one broker account. Do not have one. You must have two. I don't care who you're with. You must have two, and they must both be funded, right? Yeah, yeah, and and uh, keeping uh, Brian <laughs> investor there. Uh, Brian lost about a thousand dollars not having access to options yesterday. Now I did um, see that they are for people who had options expiring. They were going to automatically, uh, basically, uh, if you were one cent in the money, they were going to uh, exercise those options on your behalf or something. So that they're. Oh. I, I think I think that's what I read. The problem is the prices were changing throughout the day. So like what, you know, 
at what point can you say, oh, I would have sold here or I would have exercised at this point? You know what I mean? Exactly. You, can, you can go make a case that you could have made a ton well, more. And it, it might be. What, what happens if you have expiring options that you let expire? If you're one cent in the money, isn't that the normal thing that it would depends happen? On the you, you would, yeah. The it calls on would be called and the puts would be put, and that's kind of what an option uh, would do naturally, right? I can't even imagine the big traders who are on Robinhood that how their customer service is dealing with this. Guys, I would be insane. I'd be going insane right now. Um, I really feel for the customer service staff there and everyone and, and, and people that lost money. I don't even know what to tell you. I, I Except that what's done is done. Don't let it happen again. You must have a backup broker account with, if you trade options, then you better have an, a secondary options account. Even if you don't trade options and you keep a huge portfolio, you better learn how to trade options in your secondary, which is going to be a much smaller portfolio, right? So that you can lever up to essentially protect. Like if you have a million dollars, let's talk in smaller numbers. I know most people don't trade as big as we do, right? If you have a hundred thousand dollar life savings, and you know you're just like, gosh, you know something insane happens in the world that's causing a 30 percent market crash that you think could get a lot worse for the end of the market, and you're just like, I need that money. I, I can't lose half my money today. You need to understand how to protect that, you know, with an options trade through a secondary portfolio. That's maybe something we can designate a future episode to. Uh, we are going to have an episode all about options trading where we teach our subscribers just the basics behind how to place an options trade. Uh, what a strike price means, right? What premium means, how options are priced uh, in the money, out of the money, at the money. We've been doing this. I've been trading options, guys, since I was 14 years old. Okay. <laughs> That's 30, what is that? 31 years of options trading. I was trading it through my older brother's account. Um, so we will, we promise we're going to teach you guys how to do this uh, in, a, in a future designated episode. Uh Let's see here. Uh, who's that? Oh, Patrick. This, our buddy Patrick is Robinhood at risk of being sued over potential losses. From what we understand, Patrick, uh, they are not. Uh, they are fully protected under their uh, account contract. I looked into that earlier this morning. And like any online broker or any broker, period, I know it seems insane. They are not liable when their system goes down. I know it seems insane, but that's not a Robin Hood thing. That's an everybody thing, no matter who you're yeah. with. Today was not I know it seems like a Robin Hood problem. This could and likely will happen to all the brokers at some point in the future when we have a massive black swan event that's twice as bad as this event. Because this event was bad, guys, but we all know we've been in the market long. It can get a lot worse, okay? And at some time in our lifetime, it probably will be a lot worse. And you better be prepared with a second broker account. 20 years ago, when E-Trade was a newer, new-ish uh, concept, I remember there was, uh, it was probably 1997, and the market was doing crazy things, and I could not trade uh, in my account. It was just, it was locked. I couldn't get in. So this, this is definitely not a new phenomenon. This is just new uh, to... 10 million millennials who are trying to trade through Robinhood. So it's, well, it's here's the deal. You've got a ton more people on these platforms. You've got a lot more ticks with the uh, high frequency coming in. And so these platforms have to be redundant to all this stuff. And they've got to know, okay, well, our capacity on an average day is X. 
these aren't average days. So you gotta, they've got to figure out how to deal with that. Hey, guys, can I talk about a couple of trades here just for fun? Um, uh, two trades in particular, the most short. You know, I uh, one of the stocks that the only short that I kept from last week uh, was Caesars. Uh, Caesars Entertainment. They also own Harrah's. Uh, they're mostly a domestic, I think maybe exclusively maybe, a domestic casino company here in the U.S. My rat, As you guys know, I shorted win. I did pretty well with my win puts uh, that are fully exited now. I think the primary concern with this global thing that we're dealing with uh, is going is moving domestic right now, right? It's moving to Europe, and like the U.S. is kind of like the last the last big place. And I, I think if anything, the most risk, the most downside risk, is in some of these domestic companies that are travel related that maybe haven't gotten hit as hard. Uh, do you see guys, people going to Harris Casinos and and Vegas and Caesars? And do you? They have casinos all over the country, right? Don't you think that's a place that is likely still going to get hit hard, and maybe for months? Maybe for the next two months. I think I, mean, I know likely, I wouldn't go right now. Exactly, and and likely anywhere where you have large people, a uh, large number of people gathering, are going that that's going to be affected. I mean, you were at a concert this week, but will you be in a concert uh, a month from now? Um, you know, I I, I I probably won't. But concert tickets, you have to. Under, the reason why I'm not shorting the concert uh, like venues like Live Nation, right, or Ticketmaster, is because you heard purchase those tickets like six months in advance. So like the tickets that were purchased for the next 90 days were probably purchased months ago. And the tickets you're purchasing in the next 90 days are not for concerts. They're going to happen for six more months. So I actually don't think they're going to get hit as hard as some of the other companies. The other one that I've been contemplating that I have not put a trade on yet, as you know, I own a restaurant. Dave, you own a bar, right? Um, mm -hmm. Yelp. Right, I'm thinking Yelp. A hundred percent of the revenue comes from restaurants and bars, or remain with restaurants, right? So, uh, and small business as well. But, but like small business and mainly restaurants. Like, if this thing gets worse in the U.S. and causes school closings and people just to kind of contract for a while with their lifestyle and insulate themselves, even if it's not so extreme as a quarantine, but kind of like you know what. We're just not going to really put ourselves out there going to restaurants every week. We're just going to maybe go out only a quarter as much as we used to. Don't you think Yelp would just get slaughtered there? Slaugh and they're not even down that much right now. I haven't traded it yet. I'm thinking about yeah. it. I can't. I Yelp is not one of my favorite companies. Um, I, I used to use them actually as a customer, just trying to find things. Now I just Google everything, and Google Maps has all the Yelp functionality built in. And when you think about the kind of things you're looking to Yelp for, it is restaurants and bars, and those are going to be the ones that cut their budgets. It, to me, the revenue comes from the restaurants and bars, and the first thing that, that's going to go is unnecessary expenses, and Yelp is very high on that list of unnecessary oh, is expenses. Yelp, is it a fixed monthly fee for a restaurant? Is that how it works? No, you could up and down your advertising budget with them all the time. Oh, yeah. So easy. Yeah. To just down. Yeah. Like my restaurant, we will cut our Yelp. That was <laughs> the first thing we cut because we don't really like, we know people aren't going to be using Yelp during a time like that to find new places because every place is going to have reservations and they're not really, we're not having, it becomes almost worthless. Someone just, Danny H just said Dave and Buster's. That, that, that is a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Now, he also said Planet Fitness, but I'm not so sure because Planet Fitness is like a monthly thing and they're it's so cheap. So, right? You're like, oh, I'll just not go for two months and it costs you like $12. It's and, not a big deal. 
unless you could freeze your membership, if you yeah. could freeze your membership. That's something to look into, right? Like, like if they allow you to freeze your membership, I think a lot of people would potentially freeze their membership. Uh, but, but planet fitness is an interesting one. Like, so these are like these secondary plays that people probably haven't really strategized on all that much. And I kind of like playing around with those in like the later phases of, of, of an anomaly or black swan type of event like this. Um, I have to say, David Buster's a good one, right? I, I hadn't thought of that, but that is a good one. Because a lot of that is kids. And if schools are closed, do you think your parents are going to let you go to Dave and Buster's? Kids yeah. and, and touching video games and, and oh. ball things. I, I That kind of grosses me out on a normal day. So now there's definitely no chance of going to Paradise. And so the question about spy puts, spy puts to me is is the insurance play. That yeah. is just yeah. that is something that you buy out of the money at a at a reasonable ish uh, price to protect your portfolio from mm -hmm. a just everything going down. Yeah, I mean, I have, spy I, makes sense because my to, portfolio is kind of a lot like spy. I have individual holdings in a lot of the spy companies, and I also have uh, S and P ETFs. So that's that's what I use. Yeah, I, I have the 310 strike price puts that expire March 20th for SPY. But the stuff we're talking about now, it, these are our like speculative, you know, trades that we just think we can kind of eke out some trading revenue there. So, uh, <laughs> someone, someone wrote that alcohol kills everything, bars will be fine. Will be fine. You know, your bar will be fine because I'm not, I'm not saying about who goes to your bar, but the people that go to your bar, they're not going to not go to a bar. <laughs> oh, no. They, they like our – as long as we don't have an outbreak at the bar because then everyone who goes to the bar would, would contract it. No, we're, we're good. In Tavern in Dallas, Texas is Dave's, Dave's bar. He, him and our buddy Lynn own it. And uh, th that bar has a lot of regulars, and there's nothing stopping them. <laughs> um, I did want to uh, – Leon had a question earlier about uh, who we think that uh, – the purchaser of Robinhood in the future could be? Okay, great question. Um, so, you know, JP Morgan Chase obviously bought E-Trade. So you would naturally want to look to their direct competitors, Goldman Sachs. Obviously, Goldman Sachs already has kind of their version of Robinhood on the cash management side, but they certainly don't have a trading division that, that caters to individual tr millennial traders. So I think Goldman, people say they're too cheap to buy Robinhood. That's what I've kind of heard. And that might be true. They're more of like a build it versus a buy it. But um, Morgan Stanley, right? That, 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 but that's didn't, potential. Didn't, um, didn't Goldman recently buy someone? Who, who am I thinking of? Uh, no, you're thinking, J well, JP Morgan bought E-Trade. Uh, JP yes. Morgan bought E-Trade. Uh, Goldman did not buy any of the big online brokers. Uh, so I think also Fidelity, okay, Fidelity Investments is the other big potential acquirer. I'm going to say either um, uh, Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, or Fidelity Investments. Those are the kind of big three. But there are others. I mean, there are definitely others. How about going to Ch like go to China? Uh, what's the big Chinese, um, God, one of the, the big Chinese financial institutions? been rumored to potentially buy Robinhood because remember Robinhood 
is going global, right? They're aggressively going global because it's such a light platform. They don't have that kind of infrastructure that a lot of the old archaic platforms have where it's really hard to expand globally. So if Robinhood becomes one of the first global brokers, uh, guys, what is the company that owns? It's like the biggest company in the world out of China. Please tell me the name. Could someone help me here that, that, that's rumored to buy uh, Robinhood? Um, uh, I'm losing my mind. It's, it's too much as market stuff. Anyway, there, there's <laughs> too much. You haven't slept in like four weeks. There's four or five, uh, four or five big potential acquirers for Robinhood out there, and I, I think they're more than likely to get acquired than not in the next 24 months. If not, I think they will try to IPO in the next 24 months. I think that's happening. One, one or the other will happen. Uh, I'm sorry, Morgan bought E-Trade, not JPM. I, how am I, am I losing my mind? Uh, I, maybe I am. So either way, reverse. The other one uh, is potential uh, uh, Robinhood acquire. Uh, let's see what other stuff. Uh, any other questions? I'll keep it at Weeble. A lot of these guys. A lot of these. A lot. Of, a lot of people are trading with Weeble these days. Um, I think a lot of people who uh, watch YouTube videos trade on Weeble because every uh, finance person on YouTube talks about Weeble. Yeah, free stocks. Two free stocks down in the link. We don't have I'm the link. Sorry, guys. I, it was Morgan Stanley. I don't know what I was saying. I was. i My mind thinks backwards sometimes. It was Morgan Stanley. But anyway, J.P. Morgan Chase. Uh, obviously, it would be the, the potential acquirer, um, along with Goldman and uh, Fidelity Investments. Those are the big three that I would refer to as uh, potential acquirers. So you guys have any other trade ideas? Are you thinking of any other trade? Oh, should we talk about the big one that we're working on right now on the on the long side or save it for future episode? We're going to save it. Which, which one? I think I think we can we can talk about it because um, our you guys still haven't made the episode that uh, needs to be finished this week. Okay, we don't. We ordinarily say these things for a standalone episode, but let's just go ahead and talk about it. Okay, um, as you guys know, um, we have been, we trade a lot of food stocks. We trade fast food stocks, uh, restaurant stocks, um, a lot of trends. Right, a, a lot. Our methodology is called information arbitrage. We arb uh, information mostly coming off of social data. And one of the stories I've been following for a long time is the Wendy's breakfast, okay? Wendy's breakfast has been in trial locations around the country uh, for a few weeks now. And I've been monitoring just about every single tweet coming out uh, with reactions of their breakfast. And let me tell you something. The reactions on Wendy's breakfast menu are outstanding. People are loving the Wendy's breakfast, specifically the big... The, I think it's called like the breakfast baconator. Um, and they also, their breakfast fries. I actually found- You tried it, right? What? You went and tried it, right? I did. I found one of those locations. I have some, I don't know if I took my camera. I think I might've actually. Uh, and, and I filmed some stuff. But yeah, I tried it myself and I was really skeptical because I don't like fast food breakfast. McDonald's is okay because they fresh crack eggs. Well, so does Wendy. They fresh crack eggs. And I think they're actually better than McDonald's. This breakfast was amazing at Wendy's. I can't believe how good it was for Wendy's. I was like, it actually is good. So what did I do? I immediately, um, first thing Monday morning, I opened up an opening position in Wendy's. I, it wasn't a huge position. It wasn't a lever position because of these market conditions. Um, I don't recommend necessarily, again, we're, we're not financial advisors. Don't mimic our trades. There's a lot of risk here. I don't know what your risk are, is. It might be different than ours. 
uh, but we're just sharing what we do. And I open up a trade in Wendy's on Monday morning. Uh, I will build into that trade if the markets calm down. Uh, but with the markets the way they are, I'm going to keep the trade. It's a six-figure trade, but still relatively small for my portfolio size. Jordan, I heard you did something with Wendy's as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I bought. I bought uh, probably about half the size that you bought, but I bought. Okay, so, so you opened up a position. Have you tried it yet? Have you looked at some of the tweets? Have you seen some of the stuff that I saw? Well, that's the thing. So I, I did it purely on um, reaction and what I saw on Twitter. I haven't actually gone to try the breakfast yet, and I probably won't. Oh, come on, dude. Yeah, I'm not going to eat eggs out of Wendy's. It's not happening. They fresh crack eggs, dude. They fresh crack them. <clears throat> Nothing wrong. I love how you get behind these buzzwords like fresh crack. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's good. Uh, yeah, I probably won't be eating uh, the Wendy's breakfast either. Maybe buying but some Wendy's stock? I might buy some stock. Uh, so so someone mentioned... Purely based on social media. Yeah, so listen, so someone mentioned the stock fell 15%. When Wendy's stock is down like all of the other stocks. And I was like, hey, you know, the stock is down a bit. I want to remind everyone what happened to McDonald's when they went with all-day breakfast. It was oh, yeah. a There's a game. question about is, is, is Wendy's a 24-7 breakfast? Not yet, but it doesn't matter because if Wendy's breakfast proves out to be a huge success, the market will start to price in the potential future impact of an all-day breakfast should they decide to go down that road where all the other big breakfast fast food companies have gone. So so everyone knows that that's an option and that's all that, that matters. Again, the market trades on future potential. And if Wendy's nails this breakfast, and again, it's a little early to tell if they're nailing it, but from what I'm seeing right now, it looks positive. So for me, for my portfolio, for my risk tolerance, not for yours, but for mine, it was worth me opening up a position in Wendy's, and that's what I did. Yeah. I, oh, how I do I gauge interest? Because I haven't really uh, had enough time to, to fully digest it. But I have used this opportunity to um, load up on a little bit more of stocks that I either don't own and wish I had, like Shopify, or stocks that I do own but wish I had more, like Microsoft. So both of both are off of their highs and I think are things that for me are long-term holds and I like those companies. And so I'm, I actually, rather than buying stock in a, in a market that we have no idea what's going to happen, I actually bought options that represent the number of shares that I would have bought so that I basically have a safety net. It can't go down more than the option. <clears throat> option could expire worthless and, and that's where I am. Or long-term, uh, I bought these uh, a couple months out. They're stocks that I want to hold anyway. So hopefully they'll be in the money, and I and I just uh, get those uh, op those calls assigned to me. Market's down over seven hundred now, by the way, guys. Um, boy, Jordan, you might want to get those puts. <laughs> you might want to get off this call and get those puts. Um, well, just wait until it pops back up in the next few days. It's yeah, uh, yeah, like it's a long ride. I'm not going to try to predict this thing at this point. Yeah. I'm about as naive as anyone else. I was really confident last week. I made my money, and now I'm just going to ride it out. Yeah. And have some insurance on my portfolio but not try to overreact every move um my, my insurance is is paying off though i'm, I'm now um up forty two thousand dollars in in the ones that i bought just this morning but your account's probably still down my account, my account is definitely still down i uh i lost a half million dollars before i even started uh trying to protect my portfolio 
So, but I'll, not today alone. No, not today. Before okay. I started protecting two weeks ago, um, I lost a half million dollars, and uh, that's when I decided to start buying insurance. Oh gosh, yes, I remember that. So, uh, yeah, I'm so down fifty thousand up is is not great when you are down a half million. I just checked my account, even with my insurance, I'm still down six figures right now on the day. But you know, that's okay. Listen, that's okay. Um, it's a hedge. It's not. I'm not tra actively trading this thing anymore. So. Uh, let's see here. Is it Wendy's breakfast from 6.30 to 10.30. Guys, if you watch this channel, do us a favor. Go to Wendy's. Try the breakfast. See what you think. Let us know. I mean, do you think this is going to be... Disclaimer, he is, an, he is a, a stockholder in the stock. He's... You know, my dream... <laughs> my, my, my dream, I... I, I uh, you know, my spent basically my entire trading career... Uh, crowdsourcing data, right? And, and and so today I crowdsource data through social, right? I don't need to, to have an army of people, but I still like the idea of if we have a, a following here, you know, go out, try it. You know, ask, ask the people working at Wendy's, ask them, is breakfast performing better than your store anticipated? Okay. And, and, and if they say, wow, it's really performing better than anybody anticipated at corporate or my ownership group or, or, or my restaurant, right? It, it, this is doing way better than we ever thought. That's a good data point. That's a data point that you want to have as an investor. And I do that. I will, I will go, I will probably visit 20 Wendy's in the next two weeks and ask that exact question to people working the front line. I will ask for the manager. I'll ask for the assistant manager. And I'll be like, hey, how is breakfast doing? compared to what you thought it was going to do, right? That's the key question. It's not, is it doing good or bad? That, that's too generic. How is it, is it doing better than you guys had planned it to do? Um, and if you get, visit 20 restaurants and 18 of them say, yes, it is, that's a good data point. And anybody Gregory, can do that, right? His whole portfolio is in Waffle House. What do you think about Waffle House these days? <laughs> I know nothing about Waffle House. I, 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 I um, it could be the best or the worst investment ever. I, I, I know I know nothing about it. Did you, did you buy actual shares or did you buy options in Windows? Uh, because of the volatility in the market right now, I, I made a relatively small straight equity position. I just purchased shares. Now, if my confidence in the Wendy's trade goes up over the course of the next few days to week, uh, weeks and the market volatility starts to lower, meaning that Wendy's and how good Wendy's does will actually make a difference in a stock price. Because guys, if the market falls 10 or 15% from here, there's nothing that fresh cracked eggs is going to do for Wendy's stock that, that is going to combat that. Okay. So, um, you have there's a question from Sujay here. When you, when you are, a, um, gauging interest on Twitter, how do you determine that? And is there enough activity to warrant a trade? Okay, so, so there's um, two ways. Talk more about your kind of methodology of kind of quantifying yes. one tweet that you read or a thousand tweets that you read. How does that turn into a trade? There, there, okay, there's two ways to do it. I'm going to focus on the second way. The first way is quantitative using measurement software, like the company that, that me and Jordan sold, Ticker Tags a company that we sold to Jeffrey's Bank, and that helped hedge funds and quant funds measure the number of people that would say things like love plus Wendy's plus breakfast. So if you could measure when the words love and breakfast and Wendy's are in the same tweet, how many people are using that combination of words every day, and you could compare that to a known benchmark, like when uh, McDonald's went, you know, 
with their breakfast and you and say, hey, in the first six months of McDonald's breakfast, they were averaging 20,000 tweets a day that had love breakfast McDonald's and Wendy's is doing half that or three quarters of that. That, that. That's pretty amazing when you look at how much smaller Wendy's is as a company. So those are quantitative ways that quite honestly would be really tough for you to be able to assess. The other way is just to use your gut instinct, go on twitter.com, search for keywords like love Wendy's breakfast, then search for keywords like hate Wendy's breakfast. All right. So that's just one very simple example. But if the ratio of people talking about loving Wendy's breakfast is 10x the ratio of people talking about hate Wendy's breakfast and just look at it for like a one day increment or three hour increment, right? Just say in the last four hours, I have 60 people talking about how they love Wendy's breakfast, but only six people saying that they hate Wendy's breakfast, right? That's a good 10 to one ratio. That would give you some confidence that the reaction to Wendy's breakfast is really, really positive, right? So it's, it's actually a very simple way that anybody without any type, you don't have to have sophisticated software like the type of software that me and Jordan built uh, to be able to do this type of analysis. There are simpler ways to do it for free right on Twitter.com. Okay, but you have to get creative with the words that you're looking up, the combination of words. But that's what we do. We do this every single day with thousands of word combinations. And you know, a lot of times we're doing it manually even when we have access to software. Hope that answers your question. That answered my question. Thank you. Okay. Because because I, I don't uh, spend as much time on Twitter as Chris does. So I basically rely on Chris telling me, hey, look at what I found. <laughs> and then you know what we do? We come on YouTube and share it with you guys. So that's that's kind of, it's like a perfect system. Yeah. So you don't have to spend 10 hours a day on Twitter like me, like a maniac, till 3 and 4 in the morning doing nothing but, you know, keep my eyes open. I can barely read the tweets anymore obsessing over this stuff that's what i do right uh that's the way i trade um okay guys yeah so try to do your own research guys let us know a uh, comment this is listen this is a small trade for me but it could become a big trade and uh listen every, every piece of research matters every piece of data mat matters and you know you think that the big wall street firms and the investment banks you think they have good research stuff i've worked at them all you know me and jordan at ticker tags we've worked with all the big banks uh, we worked with a lot of the biggest hedge funds in the world. There's smart people there, but they don't have nearly the quantity of uh, <laughs> people to do, to, to do information gathering as just a simple group like this, the people that are watching here today. So trust me, they might send one person to a Wendy's to ask questions for one day. If we can get 50 people to go to Wendy's all around this country and gather information and share that, that, that kind of that combined intelligence, right? is a massive research data point that we could collectively share with each other through these kind of boards and, and we can all you know make our own trades you know using our own risk tolerance but again we're not your financial advisor do not trade based on what we're saying today uh you make your own decisions this is for entertainment and education purposes only i want to repeat that it's very important but if you do go to a wendy's and try out the breakfast and talk to some people there come back to the comments for this video because that's a good place for all of us to share that information and see see what's going on in the real world. Because yeah, absolutely. The, the, Chris, you can only go to so many Wendy's. <laughs> to go, so. And I'm not even in a country with Wendy's. Yes, yes. I wouldn't, I wouldn't underestimate the research power of Chris. <laughs> <laughs> research panel of one, that's all I need. Yeah.
I wonder if you uh, supermarkets like Walmart and Target uh, and Costco. I, I know that we wanted to talk about the uh, the insanity that was going on at Costco over the weekend. Oh, it was insane. In L.A., they have three-hour lines, right? People were climbing shelves, evidently, in L.A. Dallas, it was pretty busy, but it wasn't like that. I think this stuff is going to be regional. It's just like city yeah. by city, depending on when the cities get hit, right, at first. Don't you think it's going to be more regional at first? Yeah, the one by us was pretty normal. I mean, it's always kind of busy, but it wasn't crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I still love Amazon here, though, guys. Like, I, I can't even imagine... <laughs> the amount of business that Amazon is doing this quarter. Could you even imagine how much business? This could be a record quarter for Amazon Prime. Like, and, and I'm not even, I'm not anywhere close to a doomsday prepper, but uh, just after a few phone calls with Chris, I got on uh, my Amazon account and ordered, pretty much I went through the previous orders list and I ordered pretty much three or four of everything I've ordered from Amazon in the past year for stuff like, you know, paper towels and granola bars and, and that sort of thing. So. Um, and Chris has been nice enough to go over to my house and take the boxes from the porch and move them inside. And over like three days, they've had like 20 boxes show up. So yeah, well, Amazon, a huge quarter from retail purchasers who are uh, talking to you. Apparently that's, that's as far as I can yeah, tell, and, uh, what I know. Treasuries just hit 0.985 guys. That is insane. Someone said, have you considered shorting uh SeaWorld? Uh, one of the biggest shorts I've ever made was on SeaWorld. Remember years ago when that uh, that movie came out about the whale? We were monitoring yep. social traffic every day for a year and a half. I haven't was it called Blackfish. Was it called Blackfish? Blackfish. Yeah, that was one of my biggest shorts ever. Mm. I have not heard of SeaWorld due to this whole event, uh, but it is. You know, it's not. It, like I said, SeaWorld is one of those secondary plays. A lot of people probably aren't thinking about. Um, it could be a good trade. I, I don't know. I haven't researched it. Um, but what I have, oh, Amazon's down 46. You're killing me, guys. You're, just, you're killing me. So SeaWorld's a good, potentially good one to research. I'm going to stick with Caesars and, and Dave. And I really kind of, I think that Dave and Buster's kind of pick is, is an interesting one to research. I'm going to start researching Dave. I'm going to go to Dave and Buster's this week. And I'm going to see if their traffic started dropping yet, just in Dallas. I doubt it. I have it now. ready to go. I have, I have, I have my N95 mask. I have gloves. I have uh, goggles. I have full suits. I have those Tyvek white suits that I don't plan to ever wear myself. But again. If you have someone coming into your home, if the virus gets really bad and you're like, you have kids that me are immune, uh, have immune issues. I like my, my kid has lung issues. Right. And so like, if we don't want to have people in our house spreading germs, I'm going to have them throw on gloves and maybe a Tyvek suit and a mask. Yeah. Call me crazy. That's Please wear all of those things to Dave and Buster's this weekend and take a picture of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I might. I might. <laughs> That's the reason to subscribe to at Chris Camillo on Twitter because you, that's where you see his ridiculous pictures. Yes, at Chris Camillo is my Twitter. Uh, come hang out with me there. You could ask me anything on Twitter. Um, all right, let's see. I, I, we've been going for a while, guys. I, I feel We're like close to our uh, one hour mark. So it, I feel like the market's dropping so much. I got to get back on this. Like I got, I got to see what's going on. We start trading. I, yeah, not trending because I promised myself I wouldn't do that anymore this week. I'm, I'm done. I made my gains. And 
800 points now, man. This thing is going crazy. Uh, hey, this has been so – how cool is it having <laughs> Grab? I'm going to, uh, I'm going to real quickly uh, just re refresh and see the status of Robinhood now that the market's moving. They are still operational as of this oh, very minute. Yes. They're still happening. <laughs> um, how cool yeah, was it? Was, how was cool was having Grab Grandma stop by? That was that was that was great. Um, hopefully, we can have guests on more often. That that worked out quite well, and uh, he's he's such a great guy, and his thoughts are he, he's the guy I turn to on the internet. So yeah, so I, I, here's the thing: we threw dumb money through a party last year for the biggest financial YouTubers, right? Uh, and Graham came to our party, and we hung out with them and really connected with them, and he. You know what? He he looks like a nice guy on on YouTube and like a smart nice guy. He's actually smarter and nicer in person than he is on YouTube. Like he really is the real deal. And when you meet people that have this kind of big online persona, and then you meet them in real life, and they're just as cool and even nicer, I think it says a lot. So like that's a guy we really love promoting here on Dumb Money, and like I would absolutely like there are very few YouTubers. In this world, I'm like watch their channel. Graham is one of them. Like, like I watch his channel. You know, like it's it's I I feel like half the time he's talking, I feel it's exactly what I want to say. He's just way smoother in the way that he gets it out on tape. So he's a professional for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, all right. This has been fun. We'll be back next week, right? right? Something. Yeah, we'll do, we'll do, so it's only uh, Tuesday, so I'm going to actually be in town. We can do another uh, dumb money live, maybe. Thursday, just to kind of give an update to what's going on in the market. Absolutely, uh, if you guys want it. And uh, we have some big episodes coming up. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't. Haven't um, we got some amazing episodes coming up the next few weeks? Uh, subscribe to the bell now. Uh, go over to our YouTube channel and subscribe to us there, and that's where the comments for this uh, happen. The live chat sometimes magically disappears from the live episode. So if you had a comment or a question. Put it into the actual comments on the episode because we will um, we'll, we'll be in there over the next 24 to 48 hours responding to comments, and uh, it's it's a great place to uh, to kind of keep this conversation going. And one person said they want a ro this Robin Hood shirt. You know what I would say? I would say email if you have a Robin Hood account, and I say email them and say, hey, just send me a shirt, and we're all good. I have a funny feeling they'll send you a shirt. A lot of people, people, if people say that they saw dumb money, uh, they saw the dumb money Robin Hood investors, and they had a Robin Hood shirt that, that you want that they want. Give them a shirt. Give them a shirt. Okay. Listen, that's the least you could do. Mail them a shirt and t t tell them that the dumb money guys said they should mail you a shirt. So. That's perfect. I'm sure. I'm sure he loves that. You, you want to just put his email on the screen while we're no, 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 no. <laughs> but I, I would ask if I didn't have a shirt and I had a Robin Hood account and this happened to me, I'd ask for a shirt and, and they better send one to me. It's the least that they would, could do. That would do more for the than the uh, the free uh, three weeks three months of Robin Hood gold that they're giving. I, I think that's what they said that they're going to do. So anyway, that's going to do it for this yeah. episode of Dumb Money Live. We thank you guys so much for watching. For Chris and Jordan, my name's Dave. We will see you. We'll see you later this week. Good luck. And we're out. <laughs> <laughs>